1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Update One. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. Our guest today is retired AP reporter Mike Grachik, and he worked as the AP's Houston Bureau designated representative to witness executions in the state of Texas at their Huntsville facility, and he's witnessed more than 400 executions. So we're going to discuss his career, his experiences, and how he navigated this heavy assignment. Mike, welcome.
0: Hi, Shannon. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for joining us. And so you've you've witnessed more executions in the United States than any reporter in history, and the state of Texas leads the nation in execution. So tell me about your first assignment to cover an execution and what you thought as you were walking in and what the experience of covering an execution was like.
0: I moved to Texas in 1983, came here from Detroit, and uh, I knew when I took the job in Houston that the duties included covering the Texas department of what used to be known as Texas department of corrections. Uh, and among those duties they would be covering the death penalty in Texas. Uh, they had already done one execution in late 1982 and I got here in 83 for the second one. And then Mm -hmm. everyone, everyone subsequent to that, but, uh, the, uh, The first one I did was an inmate named J.D. Cowboy Autry. And I remember there was a whole bunch of media. There were a whole bunch of people outside the prison. And I remember walking up the steps. And uh, I do remember that the first time that we went in there to cover one, it didn't happen because the Supreme Court stopped it at the last minute. So we went in and and left. And... uh, came back a few months later and finally it got uh, got carried out so that was the the recollection of uh, the first execution
1: talk about going in with your, your heart racing and then and then walking away so so it it had to have been uh, I, I would imagine that you perhaps were nervous how did you prepare yourself when you were going to cover um, an execution and did, did it ever reach a time when you didn't need to do any preparation at all
0: Sure, sure. You're, you're 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 aware that it's a big national story. It certainly was at the time. So there's a certain amount of uh, adrenaline flowing uh, when you do that. But any emotions you have, you you check at the door uh, when you go in there. You have a job to do, and you remember that uh, it does you no good when you're in there if you don't remember to do your job. So I I had talked to a couple of people who did uh, uh, executions. Uh, the few that had taken place. Uh, so I had somewhat of an idea of what was likely to happen, and we also had a whole a whole bunch of uh, uh, additional AP staff around. Uh, so the, roughly, my duties were to uh, witness the event, and then I I needed to write a first-person account of what happened in there. And I also knew that I had to, I was as a pool reporter for the entire event. I had to address all the dozens of uh, other media who couldn't get in to see it. So I think if, if there was any nervousness, it was the fact that I was going to have to um, uh, kind of hold my own news conference out there and uh, tell other folks what happened.
1: Sure, sure. And so what what do you feel is the press's role in covering executions? I know objectivity is important, and this is a, a story you're telling about about inmates, about crime, about victims. What is the story that the press needs to tell?
0: You know, it sounds like a cliche, but I think, uh, ultimately it's the, uh, the old watchdog function of the media, uh, to be, it's necessary that we be in there to ensure that the state or whoever is carrying out the execution is doing it properly according to the law and that there, you know, there isn't any kind of, uh, of, uh, I don't know, laughter, light, you know, lightness of mood. I can tell you that in Texas, it's very, very serious, very somber, uh, very dignified. I once made that remark at a conference and people who were against the death penalty jumped all over me saying there was nothing dignified about the uh, about the uh, process. But they, they they do it with with great, uh, great dignity. Uh, and there's no at least I've never seen any any uh, you know, animosity uh, and it's done very professionally.
1: Good, good. I think I think that re- respect for the end of life would be would be kind of paramount. Did you ever face any ethical dilemmas while you were covering a capital case?
0: I don't think so. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever, ever, ever been asked that. Um, you know, attorneys will tell you things, uh, and then you take it upon yourself to either check out what they tell you or, to, or inmates will tell you something. Um, uh, you don't run out right away immediately and, and report what an inmate may tell you because uh, very often it may not be correct. So uh, you, just, you just use your whatever tools or skills you have as a, as a reporter and, you, and, and, and you, know, you follow through and check and double-check and then run with it.
1: Now, was there ever an inmate with whom you felt uh, an, an emotional connection as you were going through this process?
0: Sure, there have been several inmates that you get to know and get to know well. Uh, there was there was one inmate who was there for oh, over 30 years, and over that you know course of time, you talk to them uh, repeatedly, and you get to know them. Uh, you can't. You can't ignore the fact that they were convicted of killing, I think, four people. So um, uh, when you know when he's put to death, you you you're, you're sad about it, but at the same time you're standing next to relatives of the people he was convicted of killing. So so you you just have to kind of play it right down the center, and it's a, it's a whole lot easier that way.
1: I would imagine so, yeah. And so, yeah, you're you're there with, uh, you're in a room with the families of the victims, and the, the families yep. of the inmate are in a different room, and there the, the warden and the people who are conducting the execution. W- were there any reactions from from those groups that were uh, th- that were very similar between cases?
0: People tend to react differently. Um, I was surprised to when when relatives of of uh, murder victims were allowed in the room. I was surprised that there's been so little reaction, and the vast majority of them just stand there. They're what three, four, five feet away from the inmate, separated by glass, a, a glass uh, window, and they just stand there and they watch. Now, you know, there have been a couple where there's been some response or reaction. I remember the father of one uh, of uh, one uh, murder victim walked up to the Walked up to the window, looked at the inmate, and turned around so that his backside was uh, was what the inmate saw and he stood that way for the entire execution um, on, on on the other hand uh, the emotion on the on, from the room where the inmates' relatives or friends watch has been increasing in over the years I mean we've had people beat on the walls, like kick a hole in the wall, beat on the windows, just just, you know, wail. Uh I ha- I was standing there one one uh evening and uh, next to the mother of uh, of an inmate and she she begins hyperventilating and collapses to the floor almost in convulsions. Wow. And uh you can't, you know, uh, that's that's not something you can easily forget.
1: Absolutely. And so through through all of these different uh, getting to know families and inmates and and, and reporting on the prison system, uh, did, did this reporting change your view on the death penalty or really anything involving the uh, criminal justice system?
0: I think from from a just from capital punishment, uh, you get to see how the system works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and uh, I don't know that my my. Attitude has changed. Uh, that's, that's kind of a loaded question because it implies that, that you're either for it or against it. And I've found it just not to anyone's advantage or not to my advantage to say that I'm one side or the other. But you see how the system works and you, you see where there may be some inequities or you see how each side kind of plays, uh, plays with the facts. Um, it, it can be a little disconcerting um but um that's 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 kind of how it's evolved I, I you know you learn things as you go along you learn how to read appeals better and you talk to attorneys and you see how the the legal challenges have evolved and what the arguments are and and how arguments and appeals may not reflect what actually happened at the trial or why things happened at the trials so um i've always found it real fascinating
1: interesting yeah there's 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 so much that goes into um, a, a legal case and, and and public policy plays a part in it i know federal executions uh, ceased in 2003 um and and the final federal case was a, a case that had gone through texas and they resumed uh with an arkansas case in 2020 the the 2020 case was actually impacted by COVID-19 because the, the victims' families wanted a delay until it was safe for them to travel. So uh, mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts and perspectives on the, the ceasing and then the restarting of the of the federal uh, executions?
0: Well, I think, you know, there's a, there's a law there that says they're supposed to be carried out. And I know from talking to to uh, prosecutors or talking to uh, uh family uh, family of murder victims uh, that they one of their biggest complaints, especially among families, is that this is taking too long to carry out the punishment that a jury decided should be carried out mm-hmm. um, so if the if the federal federal death penalty is being um, you know enforced or or being administered then if people don 't like that, they ought to work to change the law and it goes that way in every state, and we 've seen that in some states that have chosen to uh, Uh, to abolish the death penalty in their states. Uh, I I know there have been some calls here in Texas. uh, The legislature would have to do that. It does not get very far here. Uh, But the fact of the matter is that uh, executions uh, throughout the country have declined over the years. Uh, And there are just fewer and fewer people, and probably fortunately, uh, who have been charged or convicted of capital murder, which which accounts for the possibility of a death penalty. So, so the trend line certainly is down, and the courts also have have uh, had a, an impact. Supreme Court in uh, um, kind of narrowing the focus of who can and who cannot be put to death in terms of age and uh, mental capacity, uh, and that that's where the the real the real kind of uh, um, battleground is in terms of capital punishment litigation, and when it winds up the Supreme Court.
1: Sure. You've covered uh, you, you of course, get a lot of attention because of your your record breaking coverage of executions. But you've had a very long career as a reporter. So uh, what are some of the the other stories and beats that you've covered?
0: Oh, you know, as an AP reporter, you cover everything, everything in Texas. And I've been fortunate to uh, to do happy stories and feature stories and, you know, wander this great state uh, and. uh, but you also do just the run-of-the-mill everyday, uh, chaos, <laughs> like plane crashes and hurricanes and chemical plant explosions and business, uh, you know, the SNL, uh, uh, debacle in the late 80s and the energy industry's ups and downs, uh, and sports. I've done pro and college sports as well. So just the full gamut of things. And, uh, and fortunately those, those tend to make, uh, what, what work you do, uh, um, those are the fun things, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not saying that I don't have fun covering prisons, but the whole, you know you don't want it's not fun mm-hmm. to have somebody die. There's a lot of, and if you consider that what there have been 570 executions here since 1982, mm-hmm. uh, so that's 570 dead dead people, and you multiply that at least by another 570 victims, and a number of those cases are multiple victims. So sure. that's a lot of carnage.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, through those stories, is there anything that really stands out to you as a significant memory over the years? Been,
0: uh, inmate, there have been two inmates who said hello to me as wow. I walked into the chamber. Um, I didn't know how to respond the first time. A guy named Bob Black said, hi, Mike, how you doing? What are you supposed to say to somebody who's who's you walk in and he's strapped down on a gurney and he says hello to you and he asks how are you doing um and then there was another guy who tried to wriggle out of the uh, restraints uh there was another person who hid a handcuff key in his mouth and spit it out when uh, the warden asked him if he had anything to say before the drugs began uh, the inmates have have uh, have uh, recited poetry, sang songs, uh, sp- uh, speak in foreign languages. Uh, some say you know, they kill- they've killed the wrong person. Um, others have acknowledged the crime and uh, they they pray and uh, uh, they apologize to victims. Uh, one inmate uh, uh, made it known that he wanted to tell a joke. And he had offered for sale the, one of the witness seats or, or spots uh, if, if the joke that he'd selected uh, was submitted, you know, by some member of the public. Wow. Um, <laughs> the, the prison system <laughs> puts a kibosh on that. But, uh, um, you know, there, there, there are all kinds of things that go on. Those are, those had- are what I remember.
1: You have had a, a storied career, my friend. It is, uh, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you have thousands of, of stories in that, in that brain of yours. Well, Mike Gratchick, thank you so, so much for coming to talk to us today about um, an area of media that probably most people don't even think about its existence. And so you've offered some great insight, and we appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: And for Update 1, this is Shannon Fisher. See you next time.
0: Update One is a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Podcast Committee. You can comment on this podcast or any episode of Update One by sending an email to update1podcast, that's update, the number one podcast, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Update One.